Welcome back to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Just wrapped up a fantastic weekend with the Hill Country Hoedown. I had a booth set up at this event that was held in Austin with a bunch of amazing outdoor brands from Texas and beyond. It was really great to meet a bunch of new people and share the Texas Trailhead story. Really, really fun. I am still catching up on some rest from that event, but I had a blast. This episode, we're going to be talking about Dino Valley State Park. Dinosaur Valley State Park is a really cool place I got to stop at on the way home from a three-state park trip. And then in the second segment, I'm going to be sharing with you the Ignic Fire Can. I was sent a fire can for review, and it is a great alternative to a natural fire. So enjoy! You're listening to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. What the hell is a podcast? Nothing like a horrible drought to highlight a Texas State Park, am I right? (laughs) When the water at Dinosaur Valley State Park dried up, dinosaur tracks that are normally hidden became visible, and news outlets around the country began to showcase this amazing feat. Of course, the park rangers knew of the existence of these tracks, and studies and research had been done on this place for years, but it still created a buzz and people showed up to this park in droves. With a little bit of rain in the area, the tracks fell back under the water, so that was the perfect time to head up and visit. If you're planning on checking out this park, here are some things to do at Dinosaur Valley State Park. Entrance fees for adults 13 and older, uh, it's about $7, and then children are free. You can head to the Texas Trailhead website for the park map and the trail map. So the elephant or dinosaur in the room. (laughs) This park is, of course, known for the fantastic dinosaur tracks that are in three main sections of this park. And great care has been taken to make this enjoyable for guests. And the map will give you six main track sites. Main track site, RT Bird site, the ballroom site, Ozark site, Denio site, and the Taylor site. But before we get to the tracks, a quick note on the dinosaur models you see upon reaching the headquarters. As magnificent as they may seem, and spoiler, uh, neither of the dinosaurs featured in those models are tracks you'll find at this park. Cue the sad trombone from Price is right. In fact, the T-Rex and Brontosaurus models that you can awe upon were donated to the park after the New York World's Fair back in 1964. The Paloxy River is the backdrop for the tracks, and the rocks under it are smooth, so if you plan on venturing into the water, make sure you're wearing proper footwear. For those really wanting to geek out, Dinosaur Valley State Park is also the first sauropod trackway ever discovered in the world. These tracks were made over a million years ago. There are multiple examples of different types of tracks here, and on the website you can see an interpretive guide uh, to the old Dino Valley. So if you're wanting to camp at Dinosaur Valley, there are three mains of types of camping. 
campsites with electricity. Those are going to run $25 per night. You're going to have the South Primitive walk-in sites. Those are going to run $14 nightly. And the North Primitive hike-in sites. Those are going to be $15 nightly. The main difference between the two primitive sites is how long it takes to get to them. The walk-in sites are about one-third to one-half miles from the parking lot, whereas the hike-in sites are farther out and require you to wade the river to hike to the site. If the river is too high, you will not be able to access these sites, so make sure you check ahead with park rangers for that information. The north sites will give you an outstanding backcountry feel, with each site being spaced a good distance. The south sites are a great way to test out some new gear and offer the closest proximity to the Paluxy River. There are also two different group sites for either 40 or 20 people. Alright, if you're doing some hiking at Dino Valley State Park, there are 13 trails to hike at. And they each offer a varying degree of difficulty and best uses include biking and horseback riding, along with just actual hiking. The longest trail in the park is going to be the Cedar Break Outer Loop. It's 7.5 miles, and the challenging difficulty rating will give you an amazing glimpse of all aspects of this park, including point of interest number five, which is the Paluxy River Scenic Overlook. If you're only here for the day, there are plenty of trails a mile and under, including the Rocky Ridge Trail, Overlook Trail, Monarch Trail, Oak Spring Trail, and the Discovery Loop Trail which is a perfect introduction of nature and hiking to the kiddos. If you're just wanting to splash around in the water, there are plenty of side trails and offshoots that will take you down to the water and also give you some views of the dinosaur tracks. One favorite spot to head down to the water is in the day-use area where you'll see the playground. Find the rentable pavilion towards the back of the picnic area and seek out the two pathways down to the water. Here you'll see steps that lead you down to an opening along the riverbank. Quite a delightful way to spend a hot afternoon. Plenty of amazing terrain and elevation changes here will give all experience levels a great time in the outdoors. When I went to the state park, it was in the middle of a three-park journey after camping at Cleburne. And then right before heading to Meridian, you'll be hearing recaps from those state parks if you haven't already listened to the Meridian State Park. So I wasn't here very long. I wanted to come in and look around, get some souvenirs, have a quick snack because I was on my way home um, after the camping trip. So when I was checking in, the gift shop is pretty fantastic. This place is one of those state parks that's built for a lot of travelers and with the news that was coming out nationwide. I was seeing New York Times articles about these dinosaur tracks. It looked like the gift shop was definitely able to handle it. Like they're they're prepared for um, a lot of visitor traffic. So there were a lot of souvenirs just with dinosaur stuff. And then they were having their anniversary um, this year, which was pretty cool. So there were some special anniversary pins. But from the from the gift shop and it's not going to be the main entrance it's going to be inside the park so just keep that in mind too when you're checking in um you're not going to be able to get your souvenirs there when you when you give the people at the 
entrance, your uh, pass information, you'll go into the park and that's where the gift shop is. But from here, you really do have access to a lot of the main trails. You have the dinosaur sculptures, so you can park at the gift shop and check that out. There's a lot of really good information about how they were acquired and the World Fair. And then you can go to some of the more kind of shorter interpretive trail the interpretive trail that's right next to the gift shops right there. And then just really down the road, there's a little bit of a loop and that will start taking you to the track access points. I wanted to see the tracks. So I went to the RT bird site first um, because it had recently (laughs) rained just enough. You know, word had gotten out that it, it wasn't as dry, but the water was pretty clear. If you look at the pictures on the Texas Trailhead website for this post, it's a, it's a little um, kind of copper in hue, but the, the, the water itself, you could see towards the bottom. And where I was on the RT bird site, I walked around. You know, there were some people that were visiting that were trying to watch it from the uh, river bank, but I had on my fishing sandals, so I just got in the water and uh, took a little bit of video and took some pictures and you can definitely see the places that they acknowledged seem like the the dinosaurs were kind of stomping around a little bit more so in this area so that was pretty cool because I know um, if you've read some of my previous posts about the Guadalupe River or not Guadalupe River but Government Canyon State Park there's one little section of dinosaur tracks there. And I have been (laughs) to that state park twice and I haven't really seen them. So I always felt like I wasn't, maybe I just didn't know what dinosaur tracks looked like, but here at this state park, you definitely see them and it definitely looks like dino feet. (laughs) So it's pretty cool. Like I said, there are six areas, so you can go to the main site too. And that's kind of built with like a parking lot that, you can handle like buses and tours and stuff like that. So um, dinosaur tracks on the river bottom all kind of look similar. Just depends on how you want to spend your day. And if you want to be a, a completionist and go to all the different sites, you know, that'd be a fun way to spend time because it definitely will take you to different parts of the park. So highly recommended if you're in the area. I went to, like I said, those other parks. So if you go to Dino Valley, you can definitely make your way to Meridian and or Cleburne. Those are other state parks that are in the area. So you can do a little kind of trifecta of outdoor if you have a few days or if you just want to cruise around a fun part of the edge of the uh, Texas Hill Country too. So There you have it. Hope you enjoyed Dino Valley and uh, stay tuned for the next part of this podcast. Texas can get really hot, but if you're like me, you enjoy a nice fire at the campsite to unwind after a long day on the trails. But during the summertime, Texas was under a little bit of a fire ban. So I was introduced to a new product, the Ignic Fire Can, and, you know, it's a great portable fire pit, and it'll be perfect during those situations, but now that it's getting colder, it's also going to be a really good option just to keep you warm at the campsite or around the house. I do want to get one of the disclaimers out of the way. 
Ignick did send me the fire can for review, but just now all of the opinions are my own. I did use it and test it and set it up before I decided to write about it. And, you know, TLDR, I guess I, I do like it. And that's why I'm telling you about it. So what is the fire cam? The fire can is a portable fire pit that is safe, easy, and packable for a campfire on the go. To be completely honest, I hadn't heard of the brand before, so when they reached out to me, I wanted to see what they were all about. It was pretty perfect timing because I had just gotten back from Padre Island National Seashore and had thought about ways to have a nice fire on the beach without having to source firewood. In total, this weighs about 11 pounds in the box. But once you get it out and open, it's fairly easy to move around. It retails for $199, but if you're into payment plans, their website does accept Sezzle, so you can break it up into four interest-free payments. Sezzle's not a sponsor, it's just, I don't know, sometimes I like to use that payment plan thing. The Ignite Fire Can features a fairly compact design that makes it easy to transport in the back of your vehicle and is perfect for times when it is really hot and there is a fire ban because uh, you won't be using those open natural flames. The box claims it has everything you need to get started, but not completely. You will need fuel for this bad boy and Ignite does sell a really sweet propane growler that you can find Online, there will be a link in the description of this episode. But just know that any portable propane tank will suffice. The one from Ignic has a pretty cool pouch, and it's a little bit of a smaller, so it makes it easier to travel. I went and got the normal-sized propane tank from uh, Lowe's, and uh, yeah, those things are big, and they're heavy, and they, they take up a lot of space. But, you know, I was using it for the Ignic fire can, and I just went ahead and used it for my... Coleman stove because I had the, uh, the the propane and figured why not. <laughs> Hope some of y'all are Hank Hill fans out there. Otherwise, this is going to be a horrible waste of 20 seconds. <laughs> All right. So here are the features you're going to get with the fire can. You're going to have a removable lid, a secure lid lock. The sides feature a mesh design so you can see and, and feel the heat better. This does come with a 5-foot hose with a propane regulator and an easy connector. You're going to have soft silicone handles in case you need to move the fire can. The bottom legs are foldable for setting up and they collapse for easy storage. The hose connection point is on the wider side and the hole for your lighter is on the shorter side of the fire can. So out of the box, this thing is pretty easy to set up. It's pretty much ready to go. You just need to take off a few little plastic coverings here and there, but it definitely feels like an industrial slash military slash little box. The inside part where the flame comes out really just does look like a propane fire pit. It's going to have the, the metal tube with all the little holes. And then the, the lid does completely come off so you can make that a little bit more open. I mean, obviously you're going to want to take the lid off when it's lit, but um, you can store it with the lid on and it's going to lock into place. Silicone handles for grabbing everything and moving really easily. And the quick connect attachment for the propane hose, um, you just kind of pull it back, snap it on, and you're ready to go. 
The specs on the website say that the burn time should be around 144 minutes, which is almost two and a half hours. So not sure what happens to the fire can after that, but you don't want to let something like this burn overnight anyway. And one of the biggest complaints about the Ignic fire can is that the flame doesn't quote unquote look real because it just comes up from the tubing inside the uh, fire can itself. Commenters did say that the fire rocks or those fake wood logs really help break up the flame and give it a more realistic look. As previously stated, you can use just about any refillable portable propane tank, but the Ignit Growler includes a cool pouch that makes transporting the 5-pound propane tank easier. The green single-use canisters cannot be used with this. The tank can still be refilled, but as the website states, some retailers, for whatever reason, won't refill smaller tanks. So overall, this is a premium product that serves a great purpose during the summertime when fire bans are everywhere and just great to have when it's cooled down as well. This makes it great for those that enjoy a little bit of that traditional campfire at the end of the night. If you're at the beach, this is a great alternative to bringing firewood from another location and burning a fire in the pit. Don't have to worry about cleanup either. Just let the unit cool down and then stow for your next adventure. What do you think about portable fire pits and the Ignic fire can? Would you use a synthetic campfire or were you just waited out for a wood fire? Let me know in the comment section or reach out on Instagram. Let me know you heard this episode and you can find me at, at the Texas Trailhead. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.